You have to run away? What? That's absurd in the midst of the show. I, I don't even get it. All right. All right, if you must. Maybe you should download OO Tunes or TuneIn Radio. Great apps of which to have on your smart device so you can take us with you. Very simple. Just do a search if you do that for AMI Audio. Then if you got to take off between 2 and 4 p.m. and miss out on the live show, man, you're covered. You can listen in on TuneIn Radio or OO Tunes. Rami Amuthan, Kelly McDonald, we are the hosts of the program. And always appreciate you being with us as we navigate through a Wednesday edition of Kelly and Company. Always checking. So funny how often... I think more times I'd like to admit, Rummy, I go to say on a and just my brain's Tuesday, Monday, yeah, it is Wednesday. Go ahead, say it in the mouth. Of, yeah, now we're getting through a Wednesday. <laughs> but always have to check. I know someone that yep. never has to check on his Wednesdays when he's on the program because he's just all over everything. He knows he's always aware he's ever present it's the oil man jim crisco joining us uh, to visit and he's bringing to us our regional content report jim hello sir how are you i'm well thank you that that's a, a really nice intro there i wish it were true <laughs> ever the, present I, I, ma- many many days i wake up and don't know what day it is <laughs> like yeah but after the first cup of coffee you start knowing or at least what week it is third week of the month maybe maybe yeah, see, I like that too. The uh, ever-present Crisco. That actually sounds pretty darn good. It's like some superhero. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not as good as somebody who's noted as the Count. I mean, that's an ever-flare name, but you know, Crisco. We can't all compete with the Count. No, and none of us can. The, no. the ever-clear, ever-present Crisco. Hmm. I don't know if you can call oil that, but. Uh, sir, let's start in Alberta, where a researcher aims to per, per, you know, kinds to um, boost mental health supports for uh, farmers out that way. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes, absolutely. This this researcher, uh, it's Rebecca Perk Stevenson. Uh, she's a psychology professor and research associate. And what she's doing is she is uh, they're they're looking at the they've already looked kind of at the mental health uh, issues or challenges that, that farming can uh, farmers can face. Now they're, they're going to put more research into how to provide supports to them accurately or, or, or thoroughly uh, out on the farm. And you know what there, the research, when I, when I read this article, it's, it's really very, it was very interesting to me. I, I, I know a lot of people in the farming community. I've, I've grown up with family who farm. And when you read this and you realize uh, the type of work that farming is that maybe most of us don't see. Most of us, even though that I, I know people in it, I don't see this end of the business. And I don't see how really mentally challenging and stressful it is uh, to, to people. They were talking about some of the... Um, uh, the challenges and the, and the, the stressors that are involved. There's, you know, very long hours. Yeah. There's uh, a, a lot of pressure uh, from outside influences like weather, like, you know, it could be illness going through your, your uh, stock. It, it, there's so many things and, and it really translates into, uh, th- these are shocking numbers to me. 35% farmers, this is from two, 2020, 35% of farmers are experiencing depression 57% anxiety and 76% moderate to high stress. Yeah. 
And as of and uh, 2021 st uh, study reported that nearly 30 percent, 30 percent of Canadian farmers had suicidal thoughts in the previous year. Wow. Oh, man. Jim, you know, one of the things that we always depict farmers as in, in a lot of what we see, what we know, and you mentioned it with the long hours, we obviously understand the challenges that, that weather can bring, um, illness can bring, but also the isolation. We see a lot of people up before the sun's up, of course, to start the day on a farm, but who do you talk to? When things are going rough, when you are feeling, uh, when you know starting your day and ending your day in the dark, but even through your day, working a machine, you're 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 working your field. Yeah, you know, even if there are other people working the farm, there's a lot of isolation. You, you know what? Uh, that's bang on, Kelly. And it, it actually appeared in their study where they talk about the fact that the, when they're looking at at even providing support or administering services to these to these folks they're isolated they're isolated on their farm sometimes they don't even have neighbors that are close by sometimes as you said you might have other people working on the farm but they're not near you so they don't have that interaction or even the ability um, sometimes to to get uh, support because they're all alone yeah so these are you know that's a very very valid uh, valid thing uh, the other thing too, is, you know, it's a business uh, and these folks are running a business and, and the pressures can also stem from, um, you know, even mm. what they intend to do with the business, right? Like the uh, the succession plan on it and such. All of these are, are pressures on these on the farmers. Really? The, scary. Uh, and, well, and, and, you know, we talk, all of us, about working from home, how wonderful, but we also heard that a lot, that a lot of people, and I'm sorry, I was thinking about this, and it's just like, wow, my goodness. We think so much about how, well, you're working from home, boy, it's great, but lonely. And you think about people, this is the career, this is what a lot of people were, were are, are carrying on a farm that may be third, fifth generation, for all we know, mm -hmm. and you wonder about how much is accumulative. Absolutely. And it might be what they were raised in of, uh, you know, there, there's this sort of romantic image of, of the farmers being stoic and hardworking and, and, uh, you know, self-sufficient and, and that's a lot of pressure. And, and it's, it's, you know, the farms are getting bigger. There's more land to, to farm. They were talking in, in the, in the, um, the article about, the, you know, when it comes to, to even uh, taking your crops out in the fall, it could be 14 hour days. They're, I mean, those are, you have to do it while the weather's good. So um, they came back with some stress management tips for farmers, but they could really, really apply to all of us. Uh, the first one was get some shut eye. Uh, make sure you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep uh, per night. Uh, eat smart. So don't rely on coffee to keep you going, which many of us do. Uh, and take a break. Like find something that you do outside of your uh, of your work that's interesting, a hobby or uh, you know, could be fishing, hunting. They're they're saying, you know, helping coach coach a youth sports team, something that is not in your line of work that gets you out and gets your mind working on something else for a change. So, all good advice for all of us. It is definitely, and um, as per usual, the consideration of this at all is such huge news. Um, so we'll keep posted on that and, and appreciate the initiatives. We're sticking to Alberta for the next story, Jim. Stratcona County recently introduced its 
three new ambassadors for the 2023 Special Olympics, uh, Alberta Winter Games. So who are the ambassadors and what do we need to know about them? Yes, these are our three athletes from Alberta. Uh, they're, the first one is Madison Bailey Borges. Second one is Declan Fawcett. And the third one is Evan James. And so uh, the the um, Special Olympics Winter Alberta Winter Games are going to be here February 24th and to 26th uh, at Strathcona County, which is just uh, on the outskirts of Edmonton here, so very close by. Um, and these are 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 uh, really accomplished athletes already in 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 the Special Olympics. Uh, uh, Madison is. Um, uh, Madison is a, a figure skater. Uh, she, she also uh, competed in golf, and she enjoys soccer and snowshoeing. So, uh, Declan is—he's uh, from St. Albert, which is close by. He—he uh, he, his sports are floor hockey, bowling, curling, and golf. And Evan, uh, who is from Parkland County, so this is his home turf here. Uh, his sports are speed skating, floor hockey, soccer, softball, track and field swimming and cross-country skiing so uh, a ton of sports it, it always amazes me at these athletes um are usually multi-sports uh, i know yeah like i can't do one thing right and they've got <laughs> multiple right <laughs> yeah wow oh that's oh awesome gosh. that's really yeah. awesome uh jim can we skip over to Manitoba, uh, where a group hosting the Accessible Sport Expo is worried about the game day traffic at the CFL Western Final may impact the uh, smooth exit of their attendees. What are their concerns? Well, here's what's happening. On, on, on Sunday, the CFL Western Final, so the, uh, the, the, the Winnipeg um, Blue Bombers are going to be facing uh, the BC Lions for the Western final. And what happened was there's an expo. Uh, it's a, a showcasing multiple accessible sports uh, for people living with disability is happening at the nearby investors group athletic center, which is in the same sort of complex as the, uh, as the game is going to be or near it. And uh, it will end just 90 minutes before the kickoff of the game. And the concern is that the people leaving the expo, who many, uh, you know, will be from the disability community, many of them will have, you know, paratransit um, or different ride options coming to pick them up. There'll be a congestion and there'll be a difficulty getting out of the expo because the game will be filling up. And especially for, you know, when it comes to a, a, a game like this, which is a, a, a Western final, it's a, it's a playoff game. Your, the crowd tends to show up a bit earlier. There's usually stuff going on uh, in advance. So now they're trying to figure it out. And and the, the, the expo has been booked since August, and they were aware that there might be a game happening this day. But um, they're, you know, they've tried to, they've moved the, the start time a little bit. They've already shortened the expo a bit. So they lost one of the, uh, the, the demonstrations, which I think was going to be uh, sledge hockey. Uh, they've already had to drop that, so they're kind of up against the wall, and they're saying we'd really like the, you know, the, the, the CFL to help us out on this, uh, to make sure that um, that especially the the, the transit and such uh, is uninterrupted for the people leaving the expo. So right now, actually, there's not a lot of solutions other than no. um, you know, they're they're trying to look at it and trying to make sure that there's 
there's free access. Wow, wow, wow. You just hope people are safe. You hope people aren't pushed to where they're waiting on their rides and it backs up the whole paratransit system or the accessibility by volumes of people for, for conventional transit. Jim, we'll keep an eye, and hopefully we will hear something, and hopefully CFL will be in there to do what they can to support and help uh, without inconveniencing those folks or the people attending the game. Thanks, pal. Thank you. Take care, guys. Our content development specialists join us on Wednesdays and Fridays right here on Kelly and Company. In the next hour of the program, November 14th is recognized as World Diabetes Day by Health Canada. Registered nurse Leslie DePoe will be here to answer some questions about diabetes for us. Plus, we flip through some quirky stories from around the globe with Grant Hardy on What in the World. But up next, the man checks in himself for his first time this week, producer Bill Shackleton with The Buzz. 